welcome. You are listening to What If, a podcast for tarot professionals where we talk about some of these sticky, uncomfortable topics that most of us don't want to talk about, but that we feel we really need to discuss. Every episode, we are tackling a big what if and talking about things that you may be also privately wondering about or worrying about. And we look at these situations from all kinds of different angles and We try to find options and solutions for you. Some of the subject matter might feel really scary, but ultimately, this podcast is about inspiration and encouragement, because our philosophy is that every dilemma can be resolved, and things are always easier when you know that you are not the only person feeling nervous or stuck. And after all, tarot people, we are all in this together. I'm your host, Teresa Reed, also known as the Tarot Lady, and I'm here with my co-host, Wald Amberstone of the Tarot School. Hello, Wald. Hello, Teresa. How are you? I'm wonderful today. How are you? So far, so good. And that, in a way, is the theme of this whole thing, isn't it? Absolutely. We <laughs> we are now, um, this is our final episode of this series. It's episode six. And what we're going to be talking about today is some uh, how to stay, is, I, we call the episode actually Staying Power. So we're going to be talking about how to stay safe and healthy and sustainable and happy. You know, that is really ultimately what this is all about. So I think we have a lot of different little things we're going to look at today, and hopefully we're going to really offer people some good food for thought on our experiences and what we feel, and really finish this off on a gorgeous note. So, Walt, I'm going to start off with a question that I think is a really good one for us to start with. And the question is this. I want you to visualize, you know, there's a lot of us who, you know, of course have, you know, other jobs or whatnot, but some of us are in this thing full-time, right? And I know you and Ruthann, you guys are running the tarot school full-time. I'm running my business full-time. But let's talk about what happens if someone quits their day job to pursue tarot as a full-time career, but it doesn't work out, like they are barely making ends meet. What is some advice that you might give someone for a situation like that? That's an interesting point. When the Tarot School began, by the way, the Tarot School is is just about to celebrate its 21st birthday. Ah, congratulations. It's a legal adult now. That's right. We can drink. (laughs) Yes. Um, But anyway... Uh, the beginning of it, at the beginning of it, both Ruth Ann and I had day jobs. Mm-hmm. And we did this in the evening after work, and that went very slowly. The first year, I think there were more teachers than there were students. Mm-hmm. So if you went by the first year alone, and even the second year, and even the third year, even though it grew a little bit every year, it was not exactly what you'd call you know, a thriving business. It was just the beginning. It was a seed. It was an embryo. And we had faith in it. And a couple of years in, when we had been in business for two years, one day I picked Ruth Ann up from work, and she was not feeling well at all. The job had worn her down, and she was actually crying. And I said, I can't have this. We have to, you have to quit this job, and we have to do this full time. And, of course, it was, it was, from an economic point of view, ludicrous. We couldn't support ourselves in what the tarot school made at that time. But we got help from her parents. Mm -hmm. for which I am eternally grateful. They had faith in her. 
and they wanted to do things for her that that you know is possible to do for a child and based on hard work and luck and help and pulling together every resource that we had we managed to do it and little bit by little bit climbed to the point where we had a sustainable business that could keep us in very fine shape for a good length of time but i can tell you that it was a long hard struggle mm-hmm. and took everything we had and still does Mm-hmm. I think that the way that you, the thing that may, has to make this work, the only thing that can do this is you have to have an engine. Mm-hmm. And the engine is sustained not by money. Money is the side product. Money or you know sustainable resource and all that kind of thing is what happens if everything else goes well. But what you need first is a passion. Mm-hmm. If you have a passion... Somehow or another, everything will work. If what you are is interested, if you're having fun, that's good. But will f- does fun survive hard times? Can you have fun so you know have trouble? Can you have fun through your trouble? I don't know. My feeling is that without a passion, it's difficult to survive. Mm-hmm. If you do have the passion, you'll figure it out. So passion for me is the very first thing. And I don't know. Do you think... In your own case, mm-hmm. would you say that you have passion for what you do? Oh, my God, Wald, yes, and I agree with you 100% on this. You know, when you have the passion, and not the passion for the money, that's not what this is all about. When you have a passion for your work, it becomes a mission. And what becomes a mission, you're going to do whatever it takes to keep that mission going. And sometimes that means, you know, doing some sacrifices. Sometimes it means really having to reach out and maybe perhaps depend on family to give you a helping hand. But whatever the case, whatever path you take, your passion is going to be the thing that does drive that engine, and you need to have that. Now, that being said, you need passion, but you also need practicality. And this is a really important thing because you can have all the passion in the world, but if you're not practical, you're going to run into trouble at some time. And sometimes you run into trouble even without, even if you're the most practical person in the world because, you know, we can't control the economy or any of that. Things change. Stuff happens. But um, being practical and passionate means you continue to go after your passion, but if things slow down, if you're having trouble making it, then you take a practical route. Now, what, what, what can you do to be practical and remain sustainable? What can you do when your full-time tarot career is not paying enough money? Well, there's a couple different things you can do. First of all, you can look at your expenses, and you could find a way to trim things down to the bone. That's not very fun. I don't like living like that, by the way. I'm very much into frugality, but I don't like living down to the bone. I like to eat, so it's not a path that I like to take. But for some people, what might be... A better path, if it's not working out, is getting what's called a bridge job until you get a solid footing underneath your feet. And one of the things I always say to my husband is, I'm a hardworking gal. And you know, Walt, if things didn't work out with this, if suddenly we hit a snag, I'm not above taking on some other type of job if I need to. To make sure sure that we are going to be able to keep going. And so a bridge job can be something... You know, like a simple job in an office part-time. Mm-hmm. It might be a part-time job as a barista, a waitress, you know, whatever your other skill sets are. In so, other words, you have to be, you have to be willing to um, be humble. Yes. Do whatever it takes. 
if your business is not working out, if you're not making enough money for whatever reason, you don't necessarily have to throw in your towel, your tarot towel, but you may have to be realistic and pull back, and you might have to say, okay, right now full-time isn't cutting it. Let me do something else to make sure that I'm covering my butt and taking care of my family or whatever I need to until either the business picks up or I figure out what I need to do with the business or, you know, until I finally get a solid footing underneath my feet. And that's one of the things about being sustainable with your business. You have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. You have to be humble. You have to be willing sometimes to trim things down. You have to be willing to look at maybe I need to do something different like raise my rates. You know, you have to really be flexible. Flexibility is, a, is actually a quality of character, mm-hmm. and how do you achieve or acquire flexibility if that's not your nature? If that's not your nature, that's a really good question. If you are somebody who is really rigid, I think you're going to run into a lot of trouble as an entrepreneur. I'm going to be really frank about that. You're going to have to learn to do it. And sometimes the only way to learn how to be flexible is by simply getting hammered a little bit until you don't uh-huh. have a choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> sort of like <laughs> like life taking a, a mallet to you and tenderizing you like a steak. Absolutely. Well, think about it. <laughs> when you think about that, though, think about in our, in our lives when we're younger. I, I don't know about you, but I thought I certainly had all the answers when I was, you know, at a certain age. And, of course, I really learned quickly that, you know what, life sometimes throws me a curveball and maybe my answers aren't what they thought and what they need to be. And I've had to learn to adjust my answers, you know, and it's the same with business. My business model over the years, I've had to be flexible. I've had to learn to change things up. You know, Wald, if I did not ever put up a website, which I was resistant to, I'd be out of business today. Well, I'll tell you, this is something that has happened to me recently, is that I have had to come to grips with my anti-technology bias. Uh, Since I'm older and, you know, come from a different time, Mm -hmm. I found technology not to be much to my liking. I've also found that without it, I'd be out of of business now. Mm -hmm. So... I have I have had to learn, even though Ruthann luckily has taken to it like a duck to water, I have not, and I have to pull my own weight in this business, so I had to learn. So off off I go to learn Facebook and emails, and I, I now have a laptop and a, and, a, and, a, and a smartphone, and I've learned how to use them with reasonable dexterity, and I'm learning all the time. And every time a new technology comes out, every time some new fashion in digital and you know engineering comes out, I say, oh, no, not another one. <laughs> And I find that even though I'm reluctant and wish to stay with what I already know, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, well, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but it moves on, and the whole world seems to be changing at a pretty rapid rate. So if I want to stay in business, if I want to stay alive, never mind in business, I'm going to have to learn how to make do or how to make use of what the world has to offer to me. Yes, so we have, have to evolve. Have, you have to evolve, and it seems to me that if you're not willing to learn, you will go under. I totally, totally agree. So, you know, the best advice then, I guess we can sum this up, if you quit your day job to pursue tarot as a full-time career and it's not working out, then you need to be flexible. You need to be nimble. You need to be humble and willing to perhaps get another job until this takes off or you might have to ask for help, maybe from your loved ones. But you have to be, you have to be able to really roll those waves, roll those waves as much as possible. Does that? Is it, is it possible? Mm-hmm. to love something enough to be willing to do anything to make it work? Yes. 
And is that basically what we're talking about here? We are. Because as far as I've been able to tell, even though we've been doing this for 20 years and reasonably successful at it, tarot is a niche business. It's a niche within a niche Mm -hmm. within a niche. It's a relatively small uh, universe of people to, to work with. Instead of there being billions or hundreds of millions or tens of millions, there may be a couple of million people around the world that do what we do and like what we like and form the market mm-hmm. for you know for our services and stuff. And inside of that couple of million people is 100,000 people who are selling things, mm-hmm. just like us. Mm-hmm. It's a small pie, and lots of people are eating it. So in order to make it work, you have to put in every ounce of energy and love that you have. It's not going to give it to you for free. It's right. not. It's not easily or readily available. I mean, making a living from tarot is not the easiest thing in the world. There are easier ways to make a living. Right. So if you're going to do this, the only reason for doing it is because you really love what you do, and that's the big question. It seems to me that without that, nothing works, and with that, you can figure anything out. I totally agree with you 100. percent You know, if you have the talent and the passion. If you have that drive, you're going to find a way. You're going to find the way. But conversely, if you don't, if you look at yourself and <clears throat> ask yourself honestly whether or not that passion is really there, do you just simply like tarot and enjoy it and think it would be better than doing that horrible piece of grind work that you do every day at, the, at your job? And maybe you should just transition over and become an independent entrepreneur in tarot. It may be that you'll run into challenges that are beyond your scope to handle. Mm-hmm. So I think... And I don't even know. Can you know that in advance? Can you know whether you have passion? Can you tell? I think you can. I would like to believe you can. But, you know, I I want to add something to that, too. There are a lot of people, I think, who have this fantasy that somehow, you know, sitting around reading cards is really going to be an easy career or some kind of a big money maker. Years ago, I did a party, and it was for a bunch of doctors. And I had a neurologist sit down. He looked at my little tip jar at the party. They had one set up for me. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get myself a deck of tarot cards so I can make as much money as you. Ah. And this is a neurologist, and I I was shocked (laughs) that he said that. And later on, I had to laugh, and I thought, what a crummy thing to say. And this guy assumed that I was just sitting around flipping cards. It's really easy. It's not. Actually, making a living as a tarot reader I found it to be quite challenging. And for a lot of people, it is challenging enough that they don't do it full time. Do you know how many people out there, or at least there used to be, an awful lot of people out there, mm-hmm. an awful lot of young people, who thought how wonderful it would be to be a basketball star or a baseball star yep. or a football star or maybe a Hollywood star. <clears throat> Being a star is something that appeals to a bunch of people. But in baseball and football and basketball and the movies, there is a small universe of stars. Mm-hmm. Even to get into the professional ranks, of any sport or anything like that, only the tiniest little percentage have the talent. Yep. Even if you love it, even if you have passion, if you don't have the talent, you're out of luck. You're not going to make the major leagues if you don't have the talent. So right. even if you're a, a an avid baseball player or a football player when you're 15 or 16, you just may not have what it takes to become you know, a, a star in, in the big leagues. If that's the case, your passion may simply have to remain a passion and something you 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 look at fondly and allow others to do. Mm-hmm. do you, in your case, for example, you're a reader. Mm-hmm. Is there not such a thing as being a talented reader? Yes. 
And is that talent not translatable into good business? Well, here's the thing, Walt. You could be the most talented person in the world, and I've met many, many talented tarot readers, and have zero business skills. If you have that combination, you're going to get into trouble. You can be a great business person and have no tarot skills. You're not going to be able to make it as a professional tarot reader. Uh-huh. You do need to have a little bit of something down the middle. You do need to. This is one of the things I recommend to people. You know, uh, I go to a tarot conference every year, but I also try to go to some kind of a business conference or business thing to keep on learning how to be a good business person as well. You have to be able to walk both sides of the coin. And again, if you want to be sustainable, if you want to make a living as a tarot reader, as a full-time reader, or even as a part-time reader, you have to make sure you are also really putting some energy and effort into your business skills as much as you do in your tarot skills. Well, here's another interesting thing. While all of that is true, it is true for no matter for for whatever end of the tarot business you get into. Now, you may have no talent as a reader, but you may have a great talent as an artist. Mm-hmm. And if tarot is your is your passion, you may find that the outlet for your your business skills, your business env- environment, is in art rather than in reading. Mm-hmm. You may be a fine writer. You may be a teacher. Right. There are different things that you can do in the tarot universe which can engage your talents as well as your passions, and it doesn't always have to be about being a reader. Right. You can be a historian or a scholar. That's right. There are all kinds of ways you can do this, and if you find that you have a talent and a passion combined, put them together. Absolutely. You may not want to, you may not want to model yourself on somebody who does something that you don't do. So if you're not a reader... Don't emulate a reader, but but if you're an artist, emulate Chiro Marchetti, you know? Right. I mean, the man is not a tarot person by nature, nor by training, and yet he has probably made more money as a tarot person than anybody that I know, except for maybe Stuart Kaplan. Yeah, he is an amazing talent, and he's somebody who has a passion for art and seems to really love the tarot and other oracles. And, you know, I, I have a bunch of his work, and I just love Chiro stuff. So he's a perfect example. There's other avenues that we can pursue if the day job of being a full-time tarot reader really isn't your thing. Right. There are people, for example, who as readers are also psychologists. Yep. And they use tarot in their psychology and their psychological practices to the extent in some cases where tarot becomes primary and psychology becomes secondary. Yes. So there are different ways to approach this, and I think it would be wise for people to to be aware of how many different kinds of practice you can do as a tarot person. Absolutely. So, again, it comes right back to that other thing, to be flexible, yeah, to be passionate, and then to find what's going to work for you. And if things aren't working out as tarot as a career, you know what, then it's time to do it on the side, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame with a side hustle. Well, there is, I'll tell you, you know, in terms of sustainability, we're talking here very specifically about the tarot universe. Mm-hmm. I originally had the understanding that the issue of sustainability is a, is a basic human issue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> even if you're not a tarot person, even if you never hear this broadcast, even if you never hear or know of a single tarot person, there's going to come a time when you need to sustain yourself beyond the norms of everyday life. When you are no longer young, when you are no longer active in business, when you are, you know, 
going through all the things that you, you, you go through as life goes along, you're going to need to be able to take care of yourself. And, it, and it, it's important to me to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the issues of health we haven't even mentioned yet. Uh, the issues of money are the things we've been talking about so far, money and career. But let's assume for the moment that you want to retire. Now, I've been doing this now for this is 21 years I'm going to be mm-hmm. doing this, this particular thing. And quite frankly, I don't know that I I don't know that I particularly want to work this hard for another 20 years. Mhm. I don't know that I'll be able to. Right. You never know. Yeah, yeah, you never know. You might or you might not. It's really hard to predict the future in that particular way. And the question is what do I do now that mm-hmm. will ensure that I have a future and not just a past? My definition of an old person is somebody who has a present and a past but no future. Mhm. And mm-hmm. I want to have a future permanently. I want future built into my life. I want to have something to look forward to. I want to have something to grow into. I want to have something to do that I am capable of doing physically, that I'm capable of doing mentally, and that I have enough passion to want to do that makes it fun to get up in the morning and that it makes it possible to get up in the morning. It's one thing to have something that you want to do and another thing to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you do? Are you, are you the same uh, person physically that you were 20 years ago? Well, I'm t- unfortunately, I'm like uh, <laughs> a couple pounds heavier than I was, and I'm working on that wall. But no, of course not. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm now 50 years old. I'll be 51, very short. Oh, you're oh, a spring chicken. I'm still a spring chicken by some standards, but <laughs> you know, I look back at the kind of shape and health I had when I was, let's say, 30. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different ball game. It is. I get arthritis now. I hate arthritis. I don't uh, like arthritis. Right. But it shows up in my thumb. It shows up in the top of my foot where I dropped a full keg of beer on it many years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that it, it's, it's um, well, there's a, how would I put this? Sorry to be stumbling with my words, but I saw something recently on television that was interesting. It seems that as time goes along, our planet, for a variety of reasons, is getting considerably drier. Mm-hmm. And we can look forward in 30 or 40 years to a very, 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 very much drier planet. And the one thing we need that we don't seem to be able to replace is water. Mm-hmm. And water is going to be a major concern. It's already a major concern, but it has not yet hit some places. Like here where we live, water is plentiful. But if you live in California at the moment, water is not so plentiful, and it becomes a big issue. And what's happening in California apparently will spread to a great many places around the globe. It's going to be a drier place. So the people who are responsible for seeing to it that we get through all of that are working on ways to conserve water, mm-hmm. to preserve water, to recycle water, to clean the water, to clean wastewater. They are looking for every single way to preserve and use and uh, make make good value out of every drop of water that comes their way rather than wasting it. People waste water without knowing that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. By the same token, you have a limited amount of energy, which is plentiful when you're young and gets progressively less plentiful as you get older. Energy is something that's hard. No matter how much you have to begin with, whether you're a highly energetic person or not, energy becomes less available as you get older. And it seems to me that the primary thing that makes magic work, that makes industry work, that makes life work, is energy. You put energy in at the top, and you get manifestation out at the bottom. Right. No energy in, no manifestation out. The thing is that you can use your energy in any way you want, but you have to have it to begin with. 
So physical exercise, good food, plenty of sleep, um, as little stress as you can manage, all of those things contribute to saving and making the best use of energy. And I don't know how many people actually pay attention to that aspect of their lives. I don't know either, but I, I do because, you know, I teach yoga part-time, so my health and my physical independence is a very important thing for me. So I would think that one of the issues of sustainability in tarot and elsewhere is to make sure, for example, that you get exercise. Well, let's talk about that for a moment, too. And I also want to, like, swing around and talk about what happens when we can't, when we're not healthy. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, really big on preventative health care. I think it's extremely important, and I am pretty rigid about mine. I walk every day. I work out regularly. I do yoga. I teach yoga. I try to eat as healthy as I can, but, you know, I've got a square of chocolate waiting for me here, and i got a glass of wine for later. Uh, you know, I try to keep my stress levels very, very low. I am a firm believer in going to the dentist. I am like a tooth care fanatic. You know, so... Uh, I, I wear sunscreen every day. I do all these things to try to stay healthy. I take my multivitamins. So I'm doing a lot of things here for to try to preserve my health. And I'm really paranoid probably about my health because I grew up with a very sick mother. So health is always in the back of my head, like, okay, we don't want to be in that kind of shape, so we're going to be extra, extra vigilant. So I'm on top of it. You know, I can still do better. But I could eat less sugar, maybe. But this is something that I really try to work on. What about you, Walt? What are you doing, you know, really to preserve your health and well-being? Well, two things. One is I eat very little. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I found a long time ago, I heard in some scientific literature, in some some context or another, that a a a diet with very little, you know, very few calories tends to produce longer life. They seem to have found that uh, that simply reducing the number of calories in mice and rats and other uh, lab animals tended to make them leaner and also way, way uh, more, um, with way greater longevity. Just that one thing alone. Mm-hmm. I've managed to lose 50 pounds over the last few years, and I'm keeping it that way. So it's something I pay a very great deal of attention to. The second thing is that I do Tai Chi as a regular thing, and mm-hmm. I find that for I used to. Do, I've been in martial arts all my life, and I find that Tai Chi has become my um, my form of choice because of the various health benefits that it gives me. I'm no longer interested in being a fighter. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in simply preserving my health and my sanity, and Tai Chi is fabulous for that. And I do, you know, just regular, um, you know, kind of health exercises like push-ups and knee bends and walking and stuff like that. And overall, I've managed to remain pretty healthy. I hardly ever get sick. And, and I mean, actually, I, haven't, I don't even know the last time I had a cold. But I don't, and I take multivitamins and I take other, you know, small medications and stuff like that. I see a doctor, you know, a couple of times a year for checkups to make sure that all my numbers are good. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I'm doing is paying attention. Right. And there's another issue. One of the issues is, is the use of energy. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the other issue is what you use your energy for and what you do with, with what you've got, whether you're healthy or not. What you do with the materials you have to work with depends on the kind of attention that you pay to it. Mm-hmm. In tarot, the card that is the symbol of attention in, in all sorts of interesting ways is the magician. Mm-hmm. The magician does magic precisely and exactly by paying attention. Without attention, it's very difficult to do anything. If you're not paying attention, 
Everything slips past you. Things happen. Accidents happen. Illnesses happen. The unexpected happens. By paying attention, that, that tends to be less so. You tend to have better results in general over, over all kinds of things by paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if there is an area of a person's life that is troubling to them, mm-hmm. pay attention to it. Oh, yeah. Don't let it slide. Don't keep putting it off and putting it off until it becomes a real problem. That's right. And even if it's become a real problem, it, don't, it would be better if you didn't have to wait until it became a problem before it got your attention. But paying attention in advance to the things that, you know, the the world around you has discovered work well, like exercise and food and all that kind of stuff, um, if you pay attention to that when you've got the chance, mm-hmm. you'll suffer way less later on. I mean, that's one of those things where preparation pays many, many dividends. You know, the thing is with health, there's no guarantees. But when you practice preventative health care, mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're stacking the odds in your favor. Absolutely. That's you real have, important. You put yourself in the statistical group that has the best chance of doing well. Yep, and I think for every tarot reader, you know, a lot of us, here's the thing, we're sedentary. We sit for our job. We're mm-hmm. sitting and reading. And it's very important for us to get up and move. I'm a firm believer to get up and move. In fact, you know what I have, Walt? I have to set up some of my tea makers because I drink a lot of tea because I talk a lot for my work and I get a lot of sore throats. I have it upstairs. So I have to go up and down the stairs ah. all the time, all day long. Right. And that keeps me moving and keeping my joints moving. Absolutely. And that's so simple, but, you know, it's a very, it's a little strategy. I park my car as far away from the grocery store as I can, so I have to walk. I do, do just you, these little things. Do you do, do you, do you study, do you learn? Yes, I study all the time. In fact, I'm taking a class right now. Uh, it's a class on leadership, and I'm learning all kinds of different things about what does it mean to be a leader. Well, I would say that exercising your mind is as important as exercising your body for sustainability. Absolutely. You know, my uh, I have an aunt who's 90, aunt, she's about 93, I believe, and she, you know, is busy gardening, but she also got on Facebook, she does technology, she is involved in all kinds of, she's doing arts and crafts, and, you know, she's got a lot of mentally stimulating things. She reads the newspaper. She likes to watch those programs about travel and whatnot, and she does travel when she can. And so she gets a lot of mental stimulation, and she is sharp as a tack. Yeah. I would say that if you stop learning, I mean, formally stop learning. If you, I mean, people learn all the time from experience, of course. But it's a good thing to do some formal learning, to pick up the the, the skills, the ideas, the feelings, the un, the understandings that the world is continuously providing. Read, go to school, take yes. classes, anything. It doesn't have to be connected with tarot because tarot will make use of anything you learn. Yes. <clears throat> but I was, learn. I was talking to one of my yoga students the other day. She also has a 96-year-old aunt, mm-hmm. and her aunt is studying Norwegian right now. Cool. And again, this woman is sharp as a tack, but why? She's taking classes. She exercises regularly. She's a great example of, you know, this is what we want to be working towards. You know, you talk about a 96-year-old. That, in our eyes, is very old. Yes. However, as I understand it, with improvements in health and uh, public, you know, public welfare and stuff, and public health and, and the forms, all the ways that public health happens, all the different things that are contributing to longer life 
are advancing you know life expectancy by considerable even though there's ups and downs in a curve of things you know in the way the statistics indicate life expectancy to go sometimes it goes down sometimes it goes up there are as i understand it now more than 100,000 people in the united states alone who are over 100 years old mm-hmm. and i have a feeling that the 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 farthest reaches of life expectancy will take us to 120 and 125 and 130 not too long from now there'll be some people doing that more and more people will get to be in their 90s. Being in your 90s will be like being in your 70s was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be no, it'll be normal. It'll be natural. It'll be expected. So in a way, you'll have to plan for being a lot older than you are. Yep, absolutely. And, and that means learning, keep your mind fresh, exercise, keep your health fresh. However, what about your spirit? Mm-hmm. Without spirit, everything collapses. So how do you keep your spirit replenished? Well, for me, I use tarot as a spiritual path, but that's another story. There are all kinds of spirituality in the world, Mm -hmm. and they appeal to different people in different ways for different reasons. Whether you follow your birth religion, whether you find a new spirituality of some kind to to help you, whether you're eclectic, the thing to do is to find and and, and, and explore and pursue an understanding of the basic nature of things. Who the hell are you? Right. I mean, who the hell is the guy next to you? What's the world about? The Those are philosophical and spiritual questions which not everybody is inclined to follow. But if you don't have some kind of sense of morality, beauty, and you know, and and the correctness and 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 the laws of nature and the laws of, of spirit and the laws of humanity. If you don't have some sense of the way the world is organized and the, and the way things ought to be, if you don't have a model to follow, something that will give you integrity and uh, and honesty and um, and a sense of spirit and a sense of connection to the to the root of things, a sense of values. It's really funny. I'm not by nature a conservative person, and certainly not in politics. But having some sense of value, mm-hmm. knowing knowing what the purpose, the meaning, the the context, and the value of the world is, those are things that 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 are really important to me, and I think they're important to everybody in various ways. But maybe not, maybe not formally, maybe not the way I just described it. But everybody has some sense of the spirit that makes things run. Yes. If you have none at all, or pay no attention to those things at all you may find eventually your spirit starts sagging. Or it well, does something to catch your attention. Yes. If you don't have a higher, a sense of what is higher in this world, you'll find yourself going lower. Mm-hmm. Lower and lower and lower to the point where the only thing that matters is getting your next meal. At that point, you may be too tired to even bother. Right. So my sense is that the spirit needs some bolstering as well as the mind and the body. How exactly a person does that would be their own their own affair, but I would say pay attention. I totally agree. So go what's to church? The, what? Go, go to church. Go to an ashram. Go to a study group. Go to meditation class. Yep. Go to something that will raise the level, raise your sights higher than than survival. Right. Even spending time in nature for some people can be a spiritual practice. Absolutely. Go out into the forest. Go out into the desert. Go to a mountain. Go to a retreat periodically. Do something for yourself that that will augment and and sustain your spirit. So let's swing around and up. What I want to ask you is this. Here's a big what-if question. So what if you do get sick or become disabled and can't run your tarot business the way you used to? 
let's say somebody is faced with this situation. What do you think would be a strategy if somebody does, again, become sick or disabled and they can't run their business? How do you, stay in, how do you remain sustainable in that, that, that situation? Well, you know, <clears throat> there's, that is a, there's so many varieties of ways that that can happen. Okay. that there are probably just as many strategies for handling it as there are things that could possibly go wrong. However, <clears throat> that also, in my experience, requires preparation. So, for example, it's a good thing to have the habit of saving money. Mm-hmm. Even small amounts over a long period of time add up. If you haven't been in the, in the habit of saving, you should get started right away. Take some small portion of whatever money you make and put it away every single week, every single day, every single month, something regular, because eventually you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I mean, something just, just that. If you can possibly manage it, stay in good terms with the people around you who will be willing to help you if things go get rough. Be polite. Mm-hmm. Be helpful to others. Mm-hmm. The kind of thing where, you know, you cast your bread on the waters and it comes back to you a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And be as good to others as you would wish them to be to you, and you'll find that when the time comes that you need help, help will be available. That's really brilliant advice. And, you know, we had talked also about in one of the other previous episodes about uh, getting your business really set up right. We talked also about having someone that can come in and, you know, cover bases and creating things like the minion manuals to and systems in your business also so that, if God forbid, if you're in the hospital for a while, someone can come in and they can handle different aspects of your business. And why would they? Right. Why would they? If you're if you're in a if you're a tarot person, the chances mm-hmm. are pretty good you don't have a huge surplus of money <clears throat> with which to pay employees. Right. So you're going to have to depend on the good wishes of the people around you who know enough to be helpful and would be willing to be helpful if you needed them. So if yep. you needed somebody to take care of your business, if you needed somebody to set something up for your system on online of some sort that you could do from your bedside, if you needed somebody to run errands for you or to uh, you know do business work for you that you are no longer able to do for yourself, the chances are pretty good that it's going to have to be a friend or a colleague who is willing to help you. Right. And that's why what you're saying here, we've already talked about making sure your business is set up so someone can step in. But what you're saying, too, is it is really important to make sure that we do have uh, friendly relations with our community, with our family, too, so they can help us if we are dealing with a physical issue. Absolutely. One of the things that, of course, makes um, makes it possible to continue to be effective, even when you're physically not, is technology. Mm-hmm. So the more you know of that, the more resources you're going to have because unless you're really sick, the chances are pretty good you can tap stuff out in a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So the chances are fair that a certain percentage of the illnesses that, are, that the human body is heir to might, lay, might land you in a, in a situation where you can't get out of the house or you even can't even get out of bed, but you can still do work, mm-hmm. some work anyway, based on you know your phones, your tablets, uh, your laptops, and whatever else in the way of technology you've got, and you're in a particular, uh, you're in the land of technology all the time, to what extent do you think that a person who is stuck in the house, let's say can't go out, can still do business based on technology? I think you could do a lot. I do primarily my business now through technology, primarily. 
through it. Mm-hmm. And I, I always laugh and say, you know, I, I am kind of one of those people I like being home. I'm a real homebody. Mm-hmm. Crying me out of the house really requires, like, a lot of convincing. And if we had good takeout here, which we don't in our house. <laughs> <laughs> you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even go out to eat. I would be leaving the house. <laughs> you know, when I lived in New York, one of the wonderful things was you could get everything ordered and delivered to your home. You don't get the same benefit here, so I have no choice. I have to leave the house. But, you know, I do run most of my business now through technology. Clients get to contact me via email. We could do e- readings via email. I do a lot of email readings. Uh, most of my business, when I'm working directly with a client that's not email, it's over the phone. Even my local clients are switching over to the phone because it's convenient. I record everything, you know, through an online service and ship it off to the client via email. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of my work is really over the computer. I could, I could completely today stop seeing people in person and, mm-hmm. and be able to sustain myself just fine. Yeah. All of that comes back to the issues of learning yep. and flexibility and preparation and attention mm-hmm. and all of those things. It seems to go in a large circle. The right. things that are important in any given area are important in almost every area. There are certain mm-hmm. basic things that are needed. You need to pay attention to all of those things, to your physicality, to your mentality, to your emotions, and to your spirit. All of those things need to be paid attention to, and if any one of them develops a giant hole, like a hole in the bucket, your whole life could drain out through a hole in one of those buckets. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is that at some point or another, every one of those buckets is going to come under attack. Life has a tendency to bring us, you know, issues. Absolutely. Here's a situation to think about, too. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So what would be your advice? If, let's say, you're working part-time doing your tarot readings and, For you, it's kind of like this. I'm going to just give a scenario here. It's maybe like a situation where it's bringing in extra money to the household, but then your partner or spouse loses his or her job, and you can't survive on that tarot income alone. What would be a good strategy in a situation like that? I tell you honestly, that would be a very difficult thing to to uh, to discover. I don't actually know. There are only two strategies that my life has taught me. One is to spend less, and the other one is to make more. Mm-hmm. And if you suddenly find that the amount of money that is coming in is less, then your expenses have to become less. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to happen, you may have to put up with conditions you don't like, and it may actually not be possible to make it happen. And so you have to go out and figure out a way to earn more. And I don't know. Money alone, money is a kind of magical instrument. Mm-hmm. And I, honest to God, have never figured out the magic of money. Mm-hmm. Even though I've heard a thousand different varieties of ways to do it, I haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to tell people. I know what I would do. Mm-hmm. And right now, I have only my health to depend on. If I, if my tarot business were to were to be impacted, let's say, for example, if Ruth Ann were, were unable to work, it would be very difficult for me to pursue my part of the job. Mm-hmm. So right now, what I'm doing is I am, in fact, in the process of making... Putting, putting systems and things in place so that the kind of work that I do in the tarot world can continue to be done even if Ruth Ann can't do her part. Mm-hmm. She has the same problem. She's terrified of what would happen if I weren't here. Right. So the, the loss of a partner is something that I don't even... I, I, I hear people, I hear colleagues and friends who lose you know partners. I've 
heard that several times over the last few years, and somehow or other they sustain themselves, they manage. I hear after the fact I'll meet people who say that you know their husband died you know five years ago or whatever it is, and they were devastated for a while, but now they're they're carrying on. You know what? I don't know how it's done. Mm-hmm. I really don't know, and I think I wouldn't know until I actually had to face it. I don't know what to do to prepare for it. I really don't. Well, you did mention one thing that I think um, is really important to talk about, about saving money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a really good strategy, if you are doing this part-time and you have a partner who pays the main bills, is to take some of the money that you're earning rather than spending it like extra mad money, but putting it aside and, and beefing up your savings. Um, you know, you might want to think about having an emergency fund that can tide you over if something happens where your partner can't work. You know, I'm huge on saving money. I'm also mm-hmm. a fiscal conservative, a fiscal conservative, which, uh, you know, it's not the way my politics are practiced, but uh, I'm very much into saving money. I don't like having debt. I'm one of those people that loves to budget. I even have my checkbook color-coded. That's how crazy I am about <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> I like managing money, and I love, love saving money. I love handling it, mm-hmm. and I really like putting money aside. And so every week what I do is I take a chunk of my money, uh, from the weekly earnings, and I put some of it aside for taxes, mm-hmm. and I also mm-hmm. always put money aside in the savings. The other thing that I've been really busy doing too, Walt, is paying extra on my house because my goal is to be uh, completely have my house paid off 15 years early, and I'm going mm-hmm. to probably be able to make that goal. And right. it's because I'm very very conservative. When I'm making good money, the thing that I don't think is, oh, good, now I'm going to get a Louis Vuitton purse. Right. Instead, because I am self-employed and my husband is self-employed, my first thought is, let's make sure we get debts paid down. Let's make sure we have money put aside. Let's beef up the IRA. Let's do all of these things so that we can have a cushion in case. I'll add one more thing to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of how much money you have or don't have at any given mm-hmm. time, you do have um, a society around you that is built to provide a safety net of some kind, at least a rudimentary safety net for people who have trouble. Mm-hmm. So if you become disabled, there are government programs that will help you with that. If you become old enough to collect Social Security, there's that. If your husband or your wife is older than you are, it may be that they're entitled to pension plans or whatever it is that have been of long standing that you may be able to take advantage of. It would be very, very good for a person to know what their options are. Mm-hmm. They should know what kinds of resources are available to them <clears throat> and not have to find that out in a panic when they have to. Right. If you know in advance what you're entitled to, where you can find it, and how to get it, it, we, it may actually save your life in a moment of crisis. Yes. And so you're right, knowing those things is going to be very important too because, you know, even if you save all the money in the world, things can still happen and that money can can be um, certainly dipped into and then you're looking at another scenario. And I've I've known people who've, who've been there where they've been downsized, they've lost their jobs, and if they've eaten up their savings and their 401Ks, now what? Exactly. Now what? Well, you know, I don't think you can plan for everything and I don't think you can prevent everything. <clears throat> and something's going to get you in the end, I think. Mm-hmm. But... All the things that we're we're talking about mm-hmm. are ways to make a better situation out of a difficult one. Yes. And at the same time, as I'm listening to all of all of what we're saying and remembering the things we said in the past episodes of this podcast, 
it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. And for anybody <clears throat> who listens to the things we've been talking about over these, you know, these six broadcasts, these six podcasts, it may seem as though it's too much. Mm-hmm. No one person can pay attention to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's only the stuff you you would need in a case of emergency, never mind everyday life. Right. So how does a person find enough energy and enough attention span to pay attention to all the things they would have to pay attention to in order to simply survive in the case of what if? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you how do, I mean what is it that would allow you to pay attention to the world around you, to have fun with your friends and family, to enjoy your work, to get through your days and, and without feeling stressed, and still have time to pay attention to all the things we've been talking about. Well, the first thing is you do have to start somewhere, and you do have to start asking these questions, and you can't be putting them off indefinitely. So you have to just start somewhere, even if it is only just beginning to think about how can I take better care of my health or how can I set up a business that's going to run lean and efficiently, or how can I start a better savings habit? If you start thinking about maybe one aspect and start changing your habits, you just start somewhere. Start small. From there, you can always build out, and you can look at the other questions. You can look at the other concerns, um, you know, in layers. But you have to mm-hmm. just start with one thing is what my advice would be. You don't. It can be overwhelming to think of all this stuff, but if you just start one, and it, again, for some people, it might simply start with, let me just start creating a business for my tarot mm-hmm. business. Right. Well, I think maybe since the idea is to get started, not to worry about getting everything done, but just to get started, find the area that you most need to pay attention to now mm-hmm. and pay attention to it and do something about it rather than letting your problems get put off to another day find something mm-hmm. that needs doing and do it now that's brilliant advice and you know that brings me to a, i got a final question for you because you're we're talking now like it's just find what needs to be done and and just do it so what if you didn't plan poorly what if you planned poorly let's say all of a sudden you planned poorly you didn't manage your money didn't set enough aside for retirement and you are 63 years old, and you've got very little in the bank, you've got a mortgage, your retirement is coming up. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do we do now? What is your thoughts about that? The oh, my God factor. Huh? Uh-huh. Well, <clears throat> if you let it go to the point where that becomes an issue, then there's not really – you can't undo what's already been done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you haven't saved money – and you have two years to do it in, that's probably not going to work. Mm -hmm. But if it's a problem, you had better take whatever resources you have and make them go the longest possible distance you can manage. So you really have to take a look at what you've got and what you need and where where the rest is coming from. If there isn't enough to do it, take the part that's savable and save that. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like one of those... um, Animals, you know, that lives in a place where there's periodic uh, rainstorms and drought. Mm-hmm. And during a time of, of rainstorm, they blossom, they live, they mate, they, you know, they proliferate. During times of drought, they bury themselves in the ground and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And they wait there, if necessary, for five years till the next rain comes. So basically, sometimes you have to pull in instead mm-hmm. of expand outwards. Mm-hmm. 
And if you do, <clears throat> if that's what it is, it needs to have a hard look. You need to know what's possible in your normal standards, know what you can do, and then do that. Do it diligently and well. Do the best piece of, of, of saving of a situation that you can manage. Save every bit of your resources that you can manage, <clears throat> and then take whatever you, whatever you accumulate in that way, even if it's only small, and figure out what you can do with that that will get you through until another time comes when you feel better. I don't know if that's actually workable in every case. People would say and if, who are facing that situation, but I can't, I can't. If you knew what my situation was, you'd never be able to say that. And it's true. Individual situations require individual condition, individual solutions. <clears throat> but nothing, is, nothing exists that can't be improved. Exactly. So do what you can to improve what you've got. Work on that. Work on that really hard. Improve what you've got and cut away from yourself the things that can't be helped. And I also do want to add that, you know, if you're facing retirement and you're, you know, um, not in the financial shape that you really want to be in, let's say you have a regular job you're retiring from, you know, your tarot career, you can still keep it going even part-time to supplement your income. And that's something for people to think about. Uh You know, there is one of the things that I found, and I don't know if you found this to be true, but I found that the older I get, the more people respect my readings. So, you know, when I was uh-huh. young doing it, people thought, well, who's this little punk? What does she know? But uh-huh. now as I get older, people do think, <laughs> you know, if she's got some hair, this lady might uh-huh. know something. So I think it's really important for tarot readers to really think about this, too. If you have a day job or even if you're working full-time as tarot, if you're coming up against retirement, you know, Maybe keep working, even if only part-time, because it's going to be mentally stimulating for you. You're going to be contributing to the world and helping people, and it can help to supplement your income. You don't have to do a full retirement. Tarot, as a part-time little side thing that you're doing, can make your life richer with meaning, but it can also help you with your pocketbook. Oh, these are all things that are true. What we're talking about here is a whole series of of graded Mm -hmm. scales of need, of preparation, of planning, of getting older, of where you start. I mean, if you're talking to a 20-year-old, the world is very different than if you're talking to a 50-year-old or if you're talking to a 75-year-old. Each one of those stages of life has its own problems, and you have to start from where you are. And I think that the benefit of what we're doing here in this conversation is we're giving people the understanding that wherever you are, you can take what you've got and make it better, and you can use tarot to do it. Right on. So, you know, we are going to be winding down here, and the thing I just want to say for everyone who's listening, you know, even if you are just starting your tarot business, there's no reason why you can't think about the future and prepare accordingly. And you can start doing that today, whether it's taking care of your health, whether it's getting better insurance, or maybe putting more money aside, or maybe even thinking about working after retirement. You know, the more preventative care you're taking for your body, your money, your business, your mind, and your soul, the more sustainable you're going to be for the long haul. Again, you're stacking the odds in your favor. It reminds me, you know, a little bit of the um, this, the <clears throat> frontier scene of a big, healthy, strong guy cutting wood before the winter comes. Mm-hmm. You have to prepare that wood for the fire that you're going to need when it gets cold outside. Yes. And you have to split those logs. 
nothing else you can do. Yeah. If you wait till the winter comes and then first start looking for wood, you're going to be in trouble. Absolutely. That's very wise advice. You know, so for everybody who is listening to this conversation, that is advice to take to heart. And I would encourage you to, you know, keep on talking about these subjects, keep on sharing it, keep on connecting. You can do that by, you know, heading over to the Reader Studio Facebook page to continue this conversation with your fellow tarot professionals. You know, and above all, I I would like to add this. Don't think that it's too late to set yourself up. You can start doing preventative care for your business, your body, your mind, your finances at any time. All it takes is one step, and each effort will build upon the other. And what you're doing then is you are turning things, again, in your favor. So just start somewhere. I have a little quote that I think is really great that's going to finish us up beautifully. It's a quote by Richard Foth. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. And it says, people live longer when they decide to become passionately involved in something beyond themselves. I think that's a great quote. To finish off this series, so I do want to thank everybody who has listened to all six of these episodes. And you've just finished listening to the last one in our What If series, a podcast for tarot professionals. This has been episode six out of six. It's our last and final episode in the series, and we hope you've enjoyed these discussions, and we also hope that you keep this conversation going. By talking out loud, by asking questions, we find solutions. To listen to all six episodes for free, visit thetarolady.com and click on the podcast tab under free resources. Or you can download all six of these episodes on iTunes. This podcast was recorded at the Tarot Lady Hub and edited by me, Teresa Reed. Our opening song was written by Dr. Christopher Lloyd Clark at royaltyfreemeditationmusic.com and used with permission. Special thanks to all of the professional tarot readers all over the world who are wonderful role models for the tarot community and who are making differences in, every day in the lives of the people that they serve. And again, I am your host, Teresa Reed, and my co-host is Wald Amberstone, and we are wishing you a beautiful rest of your day, many blessings, and a safe, secure future. Take care, Teresa. You too, Wald. Bye-bye. Bye.